a Radio 191 FM podcast. And right now we are about to go to an interview from him that was by me that was recorded in about mid-June for his upcoming album, his now release, but this was when it was upcoming album Golden Boy Volume 1 and 2. Um, so we're going to go quickly cut to that, but also just before, um, we do have the two double passes have been given away for By the Balls, um, the movie from the New Zealand International Film Festival. Uh, if you know who you are, you can come up to the studio, pick them up from where you want, just go say your name, we'll pass them on to you. So, that's been done, and coming up soon is Cosmic Corner with Kahu, where we are giving away a vape, so get ready for that. But regardless, here is the interview with Skyscraper Stan regarding his album, Golden Boy. Hey, Stan, how's it going? Very well, man. Um, just wanted to talk to you about your new upcoming album, Golden Boy. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's done. It's all coming out. It's been two years of hard labor, and it's finally happening. Yeah, because what, your last album um, was 2015? It was, yeah. What's um, the difference between that last album and this one, then? Um, well, I'm, I've matured a lot as a songwriter, I hope. And uh, it's sort of this, the first album, like, like for a lot of artists, the first album is kind of a mishmash of the songs that they've been writing up until the point of recording. And then the second album is generally a more considered, you know, you actually put it together as a work, a body of work in and of itself. Yeah. So how old were you when you first wrote that album? How old was I when I first wrote the first yeah. album? Oh, uh, that's, I, that's got songs. There's a song on that album that was the second song I ever wrote. Oh, wow. So that's yeah. going like I mean, way I, back. I, that's going way back. I mean, I was, I was a bit of a late bloomer. I didn't even pick up the guitar until I was 15 or 16. So I'd just been sort of, I'd just done poetry and things before then. So picking up the guitar, 15 or 16, I, yeah, there's a song on that first album that I wrote when I was 16 years old. So, so right from the yeah, beginning. That, right from the beginning. And then this latest album is all sort of more, more things that I wrote for the album itself. Yeah, so especially with this being all like centered in Melbourne and stuff, how's that like landscape then affected you with your writing? The Australian landscape has yeah. definitely affected me a lot. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's like I've, I've grown. I've grown to love this um, this country over here on the other side of the Tasman. I always think of myself as a New Zealander. I think, but um, and I do intend to return one day soon. But Australia is a, a crazy place, man. It's like so much of it is desert. The bush over here is so much more austere. Like that New Zealand bush with the big pungas and all of the broadleaf podocarp trees and stuff, and it's lush it feels kind of prehistoric and then um the australian bush because it's catching fire all the time it feels quite transient and it's there's these open spaces between the trees and the country is red instead of green and you know we've got mammals that lay eggs and there's all sorts of weird stuff happening over here in australia and it's it's very unique and it breeds Just... a kind of person as well <laughs> There's certain kind of people, like the people I interact with out on my regional tours when I'm traveling through the middle of nowhere and I'm playing shows in small towns and things. It's, yeah, there are some interesting characters out there. Yeah, it's really different. Like, every time I've gone back, because I've got, like, a bit of family, it's always just, not like culture shock, but it's just, like, that little shift to that difference. Yeah, it's just a little different. And 
And it's hard land as well. That's the other thing. So like you go out to the Mallee or um, out to the Riverina region in New South Wales, which has just yet again been in drought for I don't know how long, but I'm always passing through there because you, you drive through it on your way to Sydney from Melbourne. So, mm. um, And I actually live regionally as well. I live out in the old Goldfields region, sort of an hour and a half out of Melbourne. Oh, nice. Keeping so it, it down-to-the-earth folk. Yeah, exactly right. Keeping it honest. I'm just out here with my with my partner and my puppy. That's all you need. Pretty um, sweet. Speaking of like just the like surrounding people and like the landscape and stuff. When um I saw your video filming well on the corner, you had like yep. bar flies, the karaoke scene, bachelorette party and stuff, local tradies. What was that like filming? Like was it a bit Well, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, because well, that was we we had a because um, I, I actually I work a couple of shifts a week at that pub. It's, it's owned by a couple of friends of mine who moved out to the same region from Melbourne. And um, we had a staff party there one night. We all <laughs> drank a lot and got up and did karaoke. We just kind of like, we didn't have karaoke. We didn't have a karaoke machine. So we just, you know, it was, pr- it was poor man's karaoke. And um, we had a really good time. And the director of the video was there at the staff party. And we figured we'd make a video of it. So we just got a whole lot of our mates who live locally to come and get up there. So we just got, you know, there's a couple of the old boys there. You see the old boys in the video. There's one of them is Rex Watts, who um, came down. He didn't put his teeth in for the shoot, which is good. So it stayed. It was authentic, you know, all dressed up like a cowboy. He's actually, he's a local country singer here in Castlemaine. And he's hilarious. He's amazing. He's, he's been around for yonks doing it. So we had we had a bunch of sort of local legends get up and sing along to the song. You know, I just saw that and I was just like, these are people that you cannot really just do with casting. It's like they just they just exist in that world. Exactly. Yeah. And, so like, it, it just creates that environment. And it's just like, damn, this is this is the truth of it. This is like, you can't beat it. Yeah, exactly. We were just using using the locals. That's the way to do it. Now, going back to your um, upcoming album, your Golden Boy split into two parts, Volume 1 and Volume 2. I just want to know, like, mm-hmm. what are the um, conceptual differences between the two parts? Because you're, you're singing about, like, masculinity, crime, um, privilege in this album. But where yeah. is, like, that two different splits of, like, thematics? So, thematically, it's... Um, it's it's basically it's split down the middle five tracks aside one side is um narrative driven and often sort of character based so i'll be singing about it's sort of like that's the uh that's the side where i have characters that i sing about external to my personal experience things that i've witnessed it's also a more the more aggressive side of the album mm. so it's it's sort of it's the more driving sort of distorted minor chord um, side of the album and yeah very much revolves around the stories of people the second side is the reflective side where a lot of it is autobiographical and I'm kind of musing on whether or not I learned lessons from these things Um, and that side is also a touch more delicate has some sort of more 50s ballad sounding songs and that's the side that's got on your corner on it and things It's, it's sort of there's more tenderness in the second side than there is in the first side. Yeah, more stripped down. 
Yeah, and um, it's the same band on both sides. Uh, the Sonic template, I tried to keep cohesive across both of them, um, but I wanted to change the sentiment in the music and the sentiment in the lyricism between the two. And yeah, so the second side is much more autobiographical. Um, without a no, it's not particularly woe is me bearing my soul. I'm a poor singer songwriter guy because I don't really do that. But yeah, it's the more internalization side of everything. Yeah, yeah, just sort of asking asking myself some questions and finding the answers. Also, with your band, this is the band that was on, like you said, on your last album. Have you been cohesively like playing with them? Because I know you did a live album that you released last year. Were they involved with that process as well, or is that like more of an acoustic? That's an acoustic kind of vibe. That's just that's just me all by my own some lonesome. Um, <clears throat> so because I tour I tour solo a lot. I really enjoy playing solo shows, and there are a lot of songs that I will never record with the band. A couple of songs on that solo record actually did end up on the new album because I had this list of songs that I was trying to figure out which ones were going to make it onto the album, which ones mm. told the story the best. And a couple of them actually ended up making it onto the studio album, which I'm quite happy about because they. Um, as much as I love playing acoustically, it's like, you know, you've got a much larger sonic template to work with when you have a band. So it was enjoyable doing those again. The, the band's had like a few personnel changes over the last fair while. We've been playing for a fair while. So we have, at the moment, we've got Christopher Windley on drums, Martin Shilov on bass, and my cousin Oscar Herbig on guitar. Um, and then we've got my partner, Monique Kerr, and our mate Briggy Young singing backing vocals. So it's all, we're, it's, yeah, we're, we're lucky. We're a bunch of mates who also happen to be in a touring band. Yeah, just all co completely cohesive, all connected, but able to, like, take this step back for you to tour solo or then, like, just quickly come together last minute. Yeah, I think they actually quite like it when I tour solo because it means that they don't have to, you know, <laughs> they, they can relax. Yeah, they don't have to drop everything yeah. last minute, going like, oh, I need to get a shift off for a week. Yeah, well, especially because that's, that's the thing about touring in Australia with the band. And touring in general, it's like I, I um, a lot of the time, can only really afford to sort of chuck the band little token gestures. Occasionally, I'm talking like, you know, 50 bucks food money kind of thing. Like, I can't, I can't pay them. I try as best as I can to break even on a tour. Mm. Um, and this is even when you're selling a lot of tickets and you have good full rooms. It's just in Australia, the cost of touring, I mean, you're just traveling such enormous distances and things like that. So um, not only do the poor band not get paid, they also have to sit in a car for 11 hours to get to the next gig. <laughs> and and um, so it's, I'm, I'm forever grateful that these people will, that they haven't killed me yet. Oh God, I believe, like I, I come close to killing my family when like we're doing yeah. like the classic family road trips or something like that you just get so frustrated but then being with like a band where it's like business would get even worse sometimes yeah yeah i i, I got a good tip from a um sort of a, a rock and roller from the 80s here in australia and he was telling me he gave me some advice he was just saying if two of your band members have a blowout don't let one of them sit behind the other one in the car because they'll just spend the entire drive staring at the back of that dude's head just thinking, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have a mutiny and the whole thing falls apart. So you've got to be careful where you place people in the car. It's, 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 it's a balancing act. You're also 
speaking of tours, you're returning to New Zealand um, in August. Is this when was the last time you were in New Zealand? Well, at least for music. Um, for for a proper tour with a band, it was nearly three years ago, I think. Or maybe three, yeah, three years ago for a band tour. I've come back subsequently and played solo tours, but the last time I had a band over was touring last year's tune. We released it in New Zealand a little later than we released it in Australia. Mm. We came over about three years ago and toured that. Um, so, yeah, I'm really, really, really looking forward to getting back again. Yeah, I bet, like, after three years, you, you might you probably been getting a bit sick of being a bit landlocked in Australia. Yeah, for sure, and landlocked I am. I'm, I'm hours from the coast, and that's oh, pretty weird for those of us who grew up, you know, on an island. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, and so what... Pretty strange. What tracks are you excited to play for, like, the New Zealand audience, then, from this new album? Um, I really enjoy Dole Cues and Dunhill Blues, which will be hitting the airwaves shortly. I believe that is the next single that's going to be getting pushed through the through the Kiwi radio. Oh, nice. Um, I really enjoy that one just because it's it's a very straightforward song. Yeah, it just it starts and then it finishes. It's got some big old choruses in the middle, but the tempo doesn't slow down at any point. It just there's a whole three chords. I think keeping it simple it's got a really fun groove i really love playing it with the band and i'm particularly enjoying playing that one to audiences and i'm looking forward to bringing it to nz just because i won't be playing it solo and <laughs> the band's a really important part of those tracks so there are some of those songs that i'm really looking forward to playing like guitar cut of shade and things which have these big atmospheric moments with big guitar solos and things that i certainly cannot do well i actually can't do the guitar solos at all that's why i have my cousin on board um, but I can't do anything like that solo, so I'm looking forward to being able to show at least the four locations that we're hitting in New Zealand, nice. what, what the band is. Awesome, yeah, sweet. We're excited to see you down here on the 9th. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I haven't been to Dunedin in a fair while. No, I don't think much has changed since you were last down here, but it'll be exciting <laughs> to have you down. Thanks, man. I'm looking forward to it. Great. It's been good talking to you, man, and thank you for taking the time out of your day to speak to us here at Radio 1. Thanks for the call. No problem. We'll catch you when you're down here August 9th at The Cook. Love it. All right. Cheers, mate. That was a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.